Thanks for checking out this episode of Business Black Belts. I really appreciate you listening and hope you get some great insights out of today's leader. Let's dive into the show. Welcome back to Business Black Belts. And today we have another fantastic leader with us, Mr. David Chan. Uh, so David, why don't you go ahead, take us through your journey, take us through your story. Um, just, yeah, tell us who you are, a little bit of everything. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I am David Chan. I've been around the um, Silicon Valley uh, space for quite a few years. If I told you how many years, I'd be telling you how old I am, so I'm not going to tell you, but a long time. <laughs> um, many, um, from a professional perspective, um, large enterprise companies like Hewlett Packard, Oracle, and Proofpoint, um, which is a very large cybersecurity company. And, and then I decided, you know, I'm going to start my own uh, startup company. But throughout the years, I've kind of learned this, you know, craft, if you will, of starting businesses for my dad, who was, um, you know, very much an entrepreneur. Um, going into real estate when he came out, came over here from, from China. Uh, so, you know, a lot of things I learned from my dad, a lot of things I learned on my own and a lot of mistakes I made by myself. <laughs> so why don't you just take me through a little bit of that process of starting all of these businesses or starting intellects and um, this idea that, that you always kind of started something, right? And just kind of, made your own way yeah i um truth be told if you think about my whole life uh i've probably started uh, a good seven companies um with various success um meaning not all were successful <laughs> so uh uh in fact very early on i was uh, doing uh, building computers when uh they were still um uh, Kind of these big old laptop things. They look like um, they look like uh, uh, sewing machines. <laughs> yeah, if you know, if you know back back those days, you know how old I am. Um, yeah, I built those things. I installed the networks. I pulled cable, um, and then uh, learned how to code. Um, learned how to do software coding. Uh, then got various jobs in the industry in Silicon Valley, uh, and finally I realized my most recent. Um, journey is the startup is intellects, but an app we call Crivix, which is really a artificial intelligence app for uh, individuals to find real estate that they like based on a Tinder-like interface, if you will. <laughs> um, I, I've come to learn that uh, every individual is different, how they want to interact with an app. And the younger generation really care more about um, visual aspects rather than just sort of basic text. Um, search. And so I've come a long way from you know, the old days of these little screens and little DOS-based commands to um, visual animated uh, kind of applications. So I am so curious about almost that exact point is how how do you or how did you manage that transition, right? Because obviously I am way too young to be myself and I love old technology personally uh like I'm amateur radio operator I would I love like reel to reels I love um Edison records like anything vinyl like that kind of stuff is, is something that I personally enjoy but when I look back at that stuff hardwiring things like physically soldering things to now where it's 
either a everything is pre-soldered for you essentially especially when you're building your own computer and you could go find a manual online to just kind of like that mechanical aspect of things that's such a huge jump and like you you've had so much time to gradually build into it but like like just reflecting back how was that shift because we're like even the past five years it's a huge software jump yeah for 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 me um i look at it from the standpoint of well i've always been a geek uh technology guy and i i go back to i still have a thousand vinyl records believe it or not (laughs) Uh, i don't have a i don't have a a, uh, i don't have a turntable anymore but i've got uh, but um i've stored those things forever i used to have all kinds of 45s and reel to reel i loved all that stuff but being a technology geek (laughs) so being a technology geek is something that um uh for me i try i like to try everything technology wise new and uh, for me, it's uh, hard to go back now because of the convenience of, of um, the convenience of you know digital records and you know, Spotify and all that kind of stuff. It's hard for me to go back and pull out. So I've, I've evolved. You know, every single time a new technology. I just saw it. Uh, <laughs> my daughter sent me a um, photo of me of myself when the first iPhone came out, and I was so excited to go to the store and buy it. And I'm sitting at the beach. With this iPhone in my hand, and now of course these phones are like huge. They're like uh, back. <laughs> they're like uh, a notebook in itself. So I, I've always, um, um, I believe technology is um, should be used as a mechanism to help you rather than being an impediment to um, getting something done. And that's why I've continued and and learned new technologies. Uh, implement new technologies, even help my kids um, um, learn about new technologies. Yeah, it's just, that's just my nature. No, that is that that's awesome because you're, you're right. Like, I like to tinker a lot with like the older stuff. So like a little bit of tube radios here and there, and you know the extreme like the old old stuff. But like it it it, it it's hard to go do that. I mean, a the parts half the time aren't available anymore. So you run into the supply issue. But then the other part of it is just, well, yeah, the convenience. The convenience of everything around us. It, it's so addicting almost. I was uh, just talking to my younger daughter, who's 23, uh, the other day. I bought her a beautiful Canon camera. We, we took a trip to Vietnam, you know, big lens and all that kind of stuff. She loved it. I mean, she's a great photographer. She's 23. And just the other day, um, she told me, Dad, I'm going to pull out my 35-millimeter camera and uh, tinker with it again. I said, wow, why are you doing that? Well, because I like the tinkering of the little knobs. And, uh, you know, I said, well, okay, that's cool. I could never go back to film. I said, where are you going to get it processed? Oh, there's places to get it processed. I thought that was kind of interesting that this younger generation, sort of like uh, back to the future kind of a thing, you know? No, but I I, I I totally agree. It's like all the old things are coming new, per se, again. Or at least in the forefront of people's minds. Which Yeah. Weirdly enough, I I don't I don't wanna complain about that. 
because you know it's it, it's cool stuff but at the same time yeah i mean like you said technology is supposed to help so why are we going back to things that are clearly a hindrance yeah so but okay getting a little bit back on track um what were some of those challenges starting up businesses that like you mentioned Silicon Valley. So obviously that's going to be just a huge market for a lot of businesses. And in some regards, easy to get into, to start something up and, and, and be able to sell it and get it moving. But in other regards, a lot of competition. So how did you, how did you manage that? Like, obviously we have uh retail Tinder now with intellects and, uh, Cribix, Cribix, um, which Cribix. I am very intrigued about. But like, h- how do you break through in that area? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I, you know, um, let me let me let me say this uh, generally speaking first. Um, yeah. If you're building, if you are a startup entrepreneur building technology and you're looking to get funding, i.e., venture capital. Uh, and whatnot. It's a very arduous and clubby group. Uh, if you're not part of that group, um, you know, it's very difficult to get anybody to even pick up your um, pick up your call or pick up your phone. Uh, I'll give you, here's a really funny example. I don't know if you're uh, aware of the company that uh, came out with um, uh, the um, the, the, the offices where you co co-working space, WeWork. It was called WeWork. Um, yeah. You remember that company? Yeah. yeah so yeah. here's a guy, I forgot, his, I can't remember his name now for whatever reason. Um, here's a guy who uh, came up with a great new idea, reinvented how office space should be used. Um, but then uh, eventually the, the company failed after billions and billions of dollars. Um, he became a billionaire himself, even though the company failed. And uh, a very large uh, investment firm called Andreessen Horowitz is, is backing him again on some currently unknown project. I think they're putting in $500 million. And yet uh, small entrepreneurs uh, like uh, myself or others have a hard time even breaking into, I'll say, the club. Um, if you self-fund, for example, you, we, we've been self-funding for three years now. Um, and so uh, if you have, fortunately, if you have enough money or enough guts or enough um, uh, connections, you can self-fund for a period of time. But if you want to make the, um, you know, make, you know, uh, you know, become a unicorn, um, you have to break into that club. And actually it's getting more and more clubby. If you didn't go, if you didn't go to the same Harvard school or Yale or, Stanford or whatever, you don't break into that club either. Uh, you know, I could tell you horror stories about that. That's just one type of club. There are many other types of clubs. The boys club, mostly the boys club, if you will. But uh, that... yeah, no, I I am all too familiar with the 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 good old boys club <laughs> per se, and and um, ha- having to try and just prove yourself. Like, yes, I am I am le- a legit person, or I am a legit business. Like value me to some degree, please. Like at least look. You don't have to stay long, but can you look? <laughs> so, 
how how have you found obviously you're in the middle of trying to break into the that that tight-knit circuit right all about who you know um how do you get around that you, you mentioned like you have to be creative it is is there any like challenges around that creativity is it just being well I'm i'm fulfilling such a big hole right now that you can't ignore it or is it is it more like i don't, I don't want to say underground but just filling out the base rather than filling out the top of the pyramid yeah well let me let me talk about uh the, I, i'm also very much a networker so i talk to everybody <laughs> um I, I don't take no for an answer and i just try to find other ways to to um get there so uh, an example would be that um we were running out of development talent because it costs a lot of money to get developers to do work. <clears throat> um, uh, to do, I mean, like significant work. If you talk about artificial intelligence, it's pretty um, serious stuff. But uh, about a year ago or so, I remembered a friend of mine that I used to work with at a previous startup company. He and his, um, they went off and started another company and they're now 4,000 person um, professional services company. And uh, they helped us, um, they did it for, for free to help us get to a certain point. Um, nice. And so we started building our small, actually, I, I, I went through three or four different groups of people that I knew to get certain pieces done. Um, and that's one example. And, and now I actually have a small team of people who just by talking to one person, they led me to another person, who's led me to another person, right? So. I don't take no for an answer. Uh, that's one. Number two, I'm all about speed. You know, I might, it's to me, you got to do it and break it as fast as you can um, so that you can build it again, right? This doesn't work. Yeah. Let's do another one. You don't wait um, three months. Let me see if this is going to work. It, it, at most, you, 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 you waste a week. Just uh, in fact, the other day, I was um, speaking to a young man who's got his master's degree in engineering who wanted to come work for us as an intern. And um, and uh, um, my co-founder said, hey, well, why don't you try this and get back to us in, in a couple of weeks? I said, no, you're gonna do this in a week. You're gonna tell us what did work and what did not work in one week. So, <laughs> and if it doesn't work, we'll try something else. So if you're gonna oh, fail, that's... fail fast. Yeah. That's the Silicon Valley uh, way. Well, I mean, it, it it also helps you figure out all those bugs, right? Pretty pretty quickly. If it's going to fail, well, then you might as well see, you know, let's just start fixing the, these issues, like right off the bat. Like, why? Yeah, why wait? I mean, it's just gonna be, it's just gonna cause a problem. Just fix it, right? Try something better. Let's put out something more robust, even better. Um, that's something actually I also wanted to, to lead into. But how do you? you find your talent is it the same deal that like just networking or is it like networking but like two steps away so like oh you know this person who knows this person they would be a great fit okay can you come like come on let's try you out yeah so when we started this company i had um um a certain number of co-founders um, 
And because of them, I uh, brought on a couple of other people. So it was the second person removed. And today, and during those last three years, we brought on lots of different people uh, who then brought in other people. So it's like, again, second, second removed. Um, to, yeah. Today, you would not even recognize the company uh, from what it was three years ago. But different co-founders, different people involved in the company, uh, much more robust, uh, if you will. And it's, it's all about tweaking. You know, my, a friend of mine many years ago, I used to work with at Oracle. He was a, a, a sailor. And I never forgot the terms uh, called tacking. So you see the horizon, okay. but the wave is moving like this, right? So you have to tack to continue going, uh, heading toward that one path. So it's all about tacking. Interesting. Okay. So how how do you find that horizon to start tacking? Because, I mean, as a business grows naturally, you're going to find operational, um, sales, you know, all these different marketing, all these different pieces come together and they start to kind of butt heads or one's lacking. You need to help bring it up or just okay, we grew too fast or we're not growing fast enough um, or we have too many employees or we don't have enough employees. How do you like, so everything be, starts to become reactionary. How do you start to get to the proactiveness instead of, okay, well, I think the horizon's over there, but I'm not sure because we're in the middle of a storm. How, how, how do you like, yeah, brace that storm to get to, to a clear, clear view? Yeah, uh, well, um, it, I'll, I'll say it like this. It starts at the top, which is me and my, my one other co-founder. We set the direction of where we want to go, uh, where we want to be in three years, five years. And then the rest of the team, um, their responsibility is to provide feedback, yes. And uh, I, I believe in ch challenging each other too. If you don't think this is the right course, then give me, give us some ideas on what you think the course is. So it's it's really about uh, give and take, right? Um, but what I uh, what I generally speaking, well, I don't want to work with people who say it doesn't work, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, uh, as opposed to it doesn't work. But let me give you another su su suggestion, and then we incorporate it into the overall uh, manifest, if you will, of the company. So that's the, that's the whole tacking part. And I I also believe in working with people who are much smarter than me. I, my, my co-founder is a PhD in computer science. He's also a patent attorney. Um, another co-founder uh, co of Crivix, she's um, an MBA from Cambridge and uh, she's also a practicing lawyer. Uh, so all, all these people are much smarter than me. I, I'm the talking head and I, you know, um, I incorporate all of their thoughts into where we're going. I don't discount anything so unless there's absolutely, yeah, unless it's absolutely uh, absurd. <laughs> That is so interesting because I I I've heard that phrase on multiple occasions. I surround like the phrase I surround myself with people who are smarter than me, which it totally makes sense. But if you believe you surround yourself who are with people who are smarter than you, and all your co-founders also think everyone else around them is smarter than you, then like you're starting to build the the this culture of like, okay, I'm not experienced in this area, but that person is. So you're all 
sharing that responsibility. That's what I've taken out of it. Um, but please correct me if I'm wrong. Like, it, is it like a multi-pillar system that holds the forts up, or is it? You know, obviously the team is that, but yeah, uh, each each um, person on the team has their area of expertise. Um, and, and, and like, I would never, uh, tell you that I could write a contract from point A to point Z because I don't write contracts. I don't write contracts. I could, I cannot tell you that I can code. So I have to depend on somebody else to tell me, well, this won't work because this code or this technology just won't allow it. Um, I know what I do best. Uh, I'm a sales marketing business development person. Uh, I, I, you know, I, although I used to code back in the old days, today's coding is very different. Um, you know, uh, so I, I, I'm humble enough and we're and the whole teams. The beauty of the team is everyone is humble enough to understand that each person brings some value to the company that then elevates the whole company. You know, what, what's that the phrase that, uh, the, uh, uh, boat floats of, you know, you, you you rise together or whatever yes. it is on the boat. <laughs> I forgot what it's called. <laughs> yeah, something tied the tide where it rises all boats or something like that. I, I you know we're in this together because at the end of the day, if we're if we're going to succeed, we succeed as a team. You know, um, otherwise, um, what's the point? Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, so jumping out of business. What do you do to get away, to like de-stress or to recoup per se, to get yourself back in back in the mindset to to carry this out day day to day? Yeah, um, let me just tell you. Uh, so generally speaking, I am uh, I do some morning meditation. Um, I walk during the day with my dog with my wife, uh, we hike, we do yoga. Uh, and so I'm not, I, I, although I've been known to work quote unquote 24 seven, I do take breaks, breaks throughout the day. Um, you know, this is the problem generally speaking with corporations. You're, you go to the office in the old days, you go to the office for eight hours, 10 hours, and you work, work, work. Well, people are not meant to be like that. They, uh, you know, they're meant to take a break, I believe, you know, to get their mind um, <clears throat> back into into the zone, if you will. So I, I do a bike, you know, I do all those kinds of things. Unless you're, okay, so I also think that, I read a book once many years ago that um, unless it's life-threatening, nothing is that big um, of a deal to stress you out. Life's too short to be stressed out, unless death is involved or something or taxes or taxes <laughs> no i'm 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 with you it like for me being in such a creative space you have to take breaks because you can't always be creative for a full straight 8 hours like the creative process just it won't allow it like f like physically you're going to hit a wall you know writer's block there's there's a creative block Everyone has it, and I, I can guarantee you, any field has that too. Because you, you have to be mentally all there 
all the time. So taking breaks, yes, very good. <laughs> yeah, and and for me, taking a break is, um, you know, it's even if you're just sitting on a chair, if you will, and letting your mind shut down for five minutes um, is a good break. You don't have to go walk someplace, but clear your mind. So if anyone wants to get in contact with you, whether it be about, you know, yourself, want to learn more, want to learn more about intellects or any other projects that you're starting up, is LinkedIn the best way? Is the email the best way? Maybe the website? Um, the website is, uh, okay, my email address is david at intellects, which is I-N-T-E-L-L-E-X-T. It's like intellect, but with an X instead of a C, dot A-I. Um, or connect with me on LinkedIn. Sure, absolutely. Awesome. Well, I want to wrap this up here. Thank you so much for coming on Business Black Belts. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and same to all of our listeners. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Business Black Belts. Should you want to see more content on both the show, marketing, and business in general, feel free to check out my LinkedIn. Thanks. Thanks.